Welcome to Bottom Line's Conversations with the Experts. I'm Sarah Heiner, President of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled today to be talking to Dr. Michael Murray, a naturopathic physician and one of the world's leading authorities on natural medicine. He spent the past 30 years collecting scientific study results that demonstrate the effectiveness of diet, vitamins, minerals, herbs, and other natural measures in the maintenance of health and the treatment of disease. Dr. Murray has published over 30 books, including being the co-author of our newest book, Bottom Lines Encyclopedia of Healing Foods, which is available at bottomlinestore.com. And you can learn all about Dr. Murray's healing activities at drmurray.com. So welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for talking today. Oh, thank you. All right. I want to talk about food and mood, anxiety, depression, sleep, because it kills me that billions of dollars are spent and millions of people on antidepressants and other prescriptive solutions to their anxiety problems, their depression problems, their sleep problems, when in fact, they may actually simply have a diet problem and a, a, a digestive tract problem. And if they fix that, then their whole body would be a little better balanced. Very well said, yes. Uh, I think there's a strong connection between food, uh, the gut, and brain, and, and overall mood, for sure. So in the book, in your book, you talk about, you know, we all know that coffee and sugar can make people jittery. Um, but you have a bunch of sections in the book that talk about the, the connection between food and mood. So can you describe what that connection is? Like how on earth can what, I, what I'm eating be making me, you know, sad, insecure, and all the other things that, that go along with all those mood disorders, let alone giving me potentially panic attacks? Well, our brain is very metabolically active, and it requires a constant steady stream of uh, all nutrients, and a deficiency of any of a number of nutrients uh, can lead to mood disorders, uh, depression, anxiety, insomnia. Uh, in addition, uh, you know, our brain requires this constant steady state of blood glucose levels, and I think the biggest detrimental food for mood is too much sugar in the diet because it disrupts that balance and uh, gee it uh, it's really well documented that uh, the cascade of effects that occur after a high sugar intake or eating any food that raises your blood sugar level too rapidly it doesn't have to be just sugar it could be eating too much of any carbohydrate source and really causing that big uh, sugar rush to that brain it leads to a domino effect that ultimately can disrupt our neurotransmitters in a way that can make us feel different and it can make us feel sad, it can make us feel anxious, it can make us uh, uh, you know, act and, 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 and be different than who we truly are. So the thing that I think is really interesting and important for people to understand, I think that we as a society dietarily have so much sugar in our diet and so much caffeine in our diet, so much junk, that we don't even know what our personalities would be in the absence of that. And I've talked to parents with, that had yeah. young kids, and the kids are misbehaving. And at some point I was talking to this one mother who had two wild boys, and I asked about their diet, and she said, oh no, sugar and caffeine doesn't affect them. You never saw them without it. I, mean, that, that I think that our whole baseline yeah. of expectation of behavior, we have no idea since we're, since we're feeding kids Fruit Loops at age two. Right. That, that, that's true. I'm very sensitive to caffeine and sugar because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, get them that often. 
So, uh, and, and, you know, I can tolerate a little bit of caffeine, but I, I definitely feel different uh, after a big uh, a jolt of caffeine or, or sugar. So uh, I can't imagine uh, people not being sensitive enough to how that feels, but if they're eating those foods on a continual basis. The bottom line is, is that studies have shown that people with depression uh, and or anxiety that clean up their diet, that eat a, a lower glycemic impact diet, that get away from food additives and processed foods and eat more whole natural foods and really pay attention to eating in a way that helps control their blood sugar, they feel better, uh, their, their mood scores are, are elevated in the positive direction. Uh, they have less anxiety, they feel less stress, they're better able to cope with life, and they sleep better. So uh, there's a lot of good reasons to uh, eat in a manner that helps to control blood sugar levels. And that's one of the key strategies, I think, for, for these uh, disorders we're talking about, depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Because if your blood sugar levels are fluctuating, uh, it's, it's really uh, putting your body in a state of physiological chaos. Because uh, when that blood sugar level rises, it causes uh, the release of certain hormones like insulin. And when it starts uh, falling, it causes the release of uh, hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And uh, boy, uh, you know, too much uh, adrenaline, too much cortisol, yeah, that can lead to anxiety, insomnia, and depression. All right, so let's start with depression. Um, and again, I think we've, in some ways, we've kind of answered my first question, which was trying to figure out. Which starts first? Like, is it an emotional thing that starts the depression, or is it the diet that makes us vulnerable to the emotional thing because of the the diet and the nutrients impact on the ability to produce serotonin and and all the other hormones? Um, so, where where does it start, or does it depend um, on the? Uh, I I think it's nutrition. I really do. Uh, I think that. Uh, <laughs> When you look at kids, uh, you know there has to be some pretty serious things going on in a kid's life for them for them to be depressed. I think our inherent nature is to be be positive and to be optimistic and to be happy. Uh, so I think that nutrition is is playing a role here. Uh, I'm going to jump to a, one of my favorite studies, Sarah. This was a study that was done in in college students, freshmen, and I didn't know it until I started reading this study. Uh, it's very common for uh, college freshmen to suffer from depression, and not just depression, but severe depression with suicidal ideations. And so they decided to do this study with omega-3 fatty acids because uh, fish oils have been shown to be helpful in improving mood and uh, many other brain functions. So uh, they took these college freshmen that, that had uh, high uh, rates of depression and, and suicidal thoughts, they, they didn't give them an antidepressant. They put them in this study and either gave them a placebo or a fish oil supplement. And at the end of six weeks, there was a, a, almost a complete cure of de clinical depression in all the kids on the, uh, on the fish oil supplement. And wow. th that's, the, the results were far superior than have ever been reported for any antidepressant drug. Uh, in fact, there's some debate about the effects of uh, antidepressant drugs in this particular age group. So uh, it goes a long way in, exp in explaining how nutrition can really 
impact something as serious as depression. So is if there, your brain go ahead. open. I was going to say, is there a first line defense then that if somebody starts I'll call it feeling depressed, and even I'm thinking even like postpartum depression, all, like all these like out oh. of the blue, the people start feeling depressed, is their first line of defense or the first thing that they should do to look at their diet to potentially supplement with omegas? And I know you also talk about the B vitamins in your yep. book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, I think uh, you know eating in a way to help control blood sugar levels is a key goal. So staying away from foods that are going to adversely affect uh, blood sugar levels, uh, you know, processed foods, uh, eating too much carbohydrate of any source. Uh, I think those those have to be uh, eliminated from the diet. And then uh, there are certain foods that are that are uh, you know mood elevators, and, and fish is is a good example, particularly the cold water fish because of the omega three fatty acids. And many people are are low in those uh, those important uh, fats. Uh, and you mentioned postpartum depression; uh, that particular form is closely. Uh, related to lower levels of omega-3 fatty acids. The lower the level of omega-3 fatty acids, the baby is kind of siphoning off all those uh, those fats for proper brain and eye development, and sometimes that leaves the mother low, and the lower the mother is in these omega-3 fatty acids, the more likely she is to suffer from postpartum depression, and the severity is typically correlated to how low those levels are. So again, I mean, it's just amazing that the, before they go reaching for the Prozac, they should be reaching for the omegas. Um, Ab absolutely, and uh, you know, there's other things that uh, that we we know can help uh, you know boost the mood from from a nutritional standpoint. Magnesium uh, is is something that I really like in in these three conditions that we're we're, we're touching on: depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Magnesium levels in most Americans are very low as, as compared to what they should be. The uh, RDA, RDI for magnesium is typically 350 to 400 milligrams. The average per capita intake for magnesium in adults in America is about 162 milligrams. So most people are only ingesting half of the magnesium that their body requires. And when your brain is low in magnesium, you don't deal with stress very well, you're prone to anxiety, you don't sleep well, you're very sensitive to, to noise and, and disruption. Uh, yeah, so low magnesium is a big uh, factor, I think, for, for many people with these conditions. What foods are high in magnesium? Green leafy vegetables, uh, spinach, kale, uh, you know, the darker the, the green, the higher the mineral content, the higher the nutritional content, so mustard greens, all, all those uh, really dark green leafy vegetables, very important to include in the diet. Uh, also nuts and seeds are very high in magnesium. And uh, chocolate, now I'm, I'm really talking about cacao, uh, raw cacao powder is very high in magnesium. So. There are ways in which we can boost uh, magnesium level through through diet, and in people that are dealing with uh, depression, anxiety, or insomnia, I think magnesium supplement uh, makes sense. Uh, take uh, 250 to 400 milligrams at night before going to bed. Uh, I think people will find that will help them sleep better. I like the powdered forms, the easily ionized forms of magnesium, like magnesium citrate or malate or uh, glycinate, these are 
uh, I think, better forms of magnesium, and you can buy them in powdered form and just mix them in with a little bit of water and, and, and drink that before you go to bed. And, and it, it definitely improves sleep quality, and it definitely boosts magnesium levels. All right, perfect. And let's do real briefly in terms of B vitamins, because I think you said B12 and folic acid are also lacking in people with depression. Yes, and that's particularly true in, uh, uh, in, in, in adults and the older uh, the people are, the more likely they are to be deficient in B12 and folic acid. And, and sometimes it's not a matter of them not getting enough in their diet, uh, they're just not absorbing those, those nutrients. So we need uh, um, intrinsic factor, we need uh, uh, hydrochloric acid uh, output to help with the B12 absorption. Uh, so we need, we in many cases need to supplement people with uh, depression uh, with uh, B12 and folic acid to, to boost those levels. And these minerals, or excuse me, these vitamins, along with uh, certain key minerals, are important in the in the formation of neurotransmitters, uh, brain chemicals that uh, uh, are very important in regulating not only our, our uh, brain function, but our mood. And while the drugs work to kind of artificially manipulate these uh, important neurotransmitters, many times the issue is that people aren't forming these neurotransmitters because they're lacking certain uh, of the key nutrients required to make those neurotransmitters. All right. Well, let's take a break. Depression, before you reach, before you're running for those antidepressants, take a look at your diet, take a look at your omegas, take a look at your Bs, take a look at your magnesium and your digestion. All right, back in a minute with Dr. Michael Murray. I'm talking to leading naturopathic physician, Dr. Michael Murray, about the many ways in which food can heal, sometimes more effectively than medications. Dr. Murray has published over 30 books that show with scientific proof how diet, vitamins, minerals, herbs, and other natural measures impact our health, including his 700-page Encyclopedia of Healing Foods that Bottom Line recently published. Dr. Murray makes a powerful case for the real and big ways that food harm and heal. Not just that pizza and hot wings give you heartburn, but things like how deficiencies in basic nutrients can lead to debilitating conditions, including anxiety, depression, sleep disorders why they call acne skin diabetes, and how simple dietary changes can bring skin back to healthy, wholesome balance so you look younger and oh so radiant. We've all had our fair share of bad behavior in our past. Dr. Mary has the evidence that shows the damage done by even those horrible eating habits of youth, and I was a poster child for them, can be overcome to help you feel and look better, improve your sleep, feel happy again, reduce your risk of cancer, heart disease, and the other dangers just waiting to shorten your ability to enjoy life. Order Dr. Murray's Encyclopedia of Healing Foods at bottomlinestore.com slash Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. That's bottomlinestore.com slash Murray. All right, we're back with Dr. Michael Murray, who is the author of Bottom Lines Encyclopedia of Healing Foods. And we are talking about the fact that foods and your digestion are the first line of defense and offense when it comes to depression, anxiety, sleep issues. That it might not be that you really have an emotional issue, you may simply have a digestion issue or a nutrient issue. So, Michael, let's talk about anxiety. We were talking about depression before. Let's go back. Let's talk about anxiety now. Um, and similar to depression, like anxiety has nutritional roots in nutrients. And what's the difference then from a 
from a nutrition point of view of anxiety versus depression? Why does it manifest differently? Well, I, I think it, it manifests differently based upon the two things. One is the, the level of cortisol, which is an adrenal hormone, and two, uh, the uh, activity of the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is responsible for controlling that fight or flight response. And so uh, I think that people with anxiety, uh, they are continually uh, under that sympathetic tone. And so we have to help them uh, move towards the parasympathetic arm of our unconscious uh, nervous system. And that parasympathetic arm is responsible for rest, recovery, and repair. It produces not the stress response, but the relaxation response. So uh, we know that uh, meditation, prayer, deep breathing exercises are very helpful in uh, relieving stress and symptoms of anxiety. That's because they activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Well, uh, we can reduce stress and reduce uh, anxiety by uh, utilizing nutritional strategies that reduce the stress response and increase the parasympathetic response, that relaxation response. So the same way that you said that nutritional deficiencies made people vulnerable to depression, do nutritional deficiencies make people vulnerable to anxiety? Yes, uh, in, in a lot of times it's uh, the same sort of, of nutri nutrients. Uh, you know, we talked about the omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, they have also been shown to be helpful in reducing feelings of stress and anxiety. And you know, scientists have discovered, uh, you know, the intense uh, biochemical mechanisms responsible for those effects, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, so there's a lot that uh, overlap when we're talking about anxiety and depression. Some of the differentiations from a nutritional standpoint, many people that are prone to anxiety, uh, they uh, have an, uh, an ability to uh, increase the production of uh, lactic acid in, in their blood. And that makes them very sensitive to certain dietary factors like alcohol, caffeine, sugar, B vitamin deficiency, magnesium deficiency, and food allergies. So we have to really pay attention to those factors in uh, these these uh, these patients. So they just uh, naturally produce more more lactic acid in their blood. Yeah, it it it's, it it could be uh, you know a, a genetic uh, sensitivity uh, to these these things, but we know that uh, they've done these studies that are really interesting, where they just took people off a, a, basically a junk food diet and uh, switch them to eating a healthier diet. And I'm not talking about people with just a little bit of anxiety. I'm talking about people with general, general uh, anxiety disorder and uh, panic attacks. So people that, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's like a constant state of fear for these people. And they found that just, uh, just eliminating those triggers, uh, you know, basically caffeine, sugar, and food additives, uh, led to uh, nearly complete resolution in most patients. So uh, it, it definitely has an impact uh, by cleaning up the diet and improving not only depression but also anxiety. So if they've got anxieties, like, like before, so just to reiterate, caffeine out, sugar out, alcohol out, um, yep. 
food additives, so processed foods, because there might be, um, they might be sensitive to one or another chemical that's in these additives. Yeah, and you know, these, uh, these additives, uh, like food coloring agents, uh, many of these are, are anti-metabolites, like yellow dye number five. Yellow dye number five, or tartrazine, uh, the average American consumes more of this uh, compound than they do vitamin B6. So what's the significance of that? Well, tartrazine is an anti-B6 molecule. It blocks the action of vitamin B6. We need vitamin B6 to make many important bodily uh, compounds, including neurotransmitters. So. Uh, too much tartrazine, yellow dye number five, may in, in, induce symptoms of a B6 deficiency in the brain because it's uh, blocking the effect of B6 in helping make these important brain chemicals, some of which, if they're not being produced, are going to lead to depression, anxiety, or insomnia. Right. Okay. And how about nutritional supplements then? So once they've cleaned up their diet or they shift their diet, should, are there supplements they should take, like with depression? Yeah, uh, absolutely, and, and there are, are a number of them. And uh, one of them that I really like is uh, is PharmaGaba. Uh, GABA stands for gamma aminobutyric acid, and this natural form of GABA has been shown to help promote feelings of relaxation, but with greater mental and uh, focus and clarity. Just the opposite of what you'd get from taking a Valium or uh, anti-anxiety drug, they pretty much uh, bring you down and, and reduce your ability to think clearly. Uh, the GABA has the ability to promote calmness, relaxation. It activates that relaxation response, and it helps people think more clearly and rationally. Now, uh, one area that we haven't talked that's really important to hit is the role of the microbiome, which refers to the microorganisms that live in our intestinal tract. We have 10 times as many bugs living in our intestinal tract than we have cells in our body. And collectively, the type of, of bacteria, especially that we have in the gut, uh, they play a huge role in our mood and uh, our ability to, to think clearly. Well, it turns out that uh, probiotic supplementation seems to help many people with uh, anxiety, and that's because these lactobacillus and bifidobacteria that uh, comprise these probiotics help naturally produce uh, GABA in that intestinal tract. And it's not that the GABA is getting made in the intestinal tract and it's getting uh, to the brain through through the blood. It, 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 what appears to happen is that when we take PharmaGaba as a supplement or we take a probiotic and it increases the amount of GABA that's being produced by our microbiome, that the GABA actually uh, causes a feedback mechanism to the brain through what are called efferent neurons, so the pathway of the nerves back to the brain, and it tells the brain to relax. It's really interesting because it does promote the relaxation response. It activates that parasympathetic nervous system, and the bottom line is that people feel more relaxed, calmer, but they're thinking more clearly, and that's that's a great thing. Uh, so uh, it's great for situational anxiety, and it's great for people who are prone to those anxious moments. Awesome. So probiotics and GABA. Anything else like cal calcium, magnesium, 
um, or well, B vitamins uh, yeah, similar to depression. Yeah, I mentioned magnesium earlier. Yeah. I, I, you know, same I, thing here. Same thing here. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it's a, and I, I like it at night because it helps it helps promote a good night's sleep. All right, let's talk about insomnia. Speaking of sleep. So, yeah, well, so what are the uh, what are the do's with regard to what foods should you eat, and what are the don'ts with regard to what foods shouldn't you eat? So let's do do's yeah. first. What'll help me sleep, or should well, we do don'ts uh, first? Probably don'ts first. I changed my mind. What shouldn't I do? What am I doing wrong that's get, giving me sleep problems? Yeah, well, I think the biggest uh, culprit for sleep maintenance insomnia—that's where you're able to get to sleep, but you wake up two, three, four, five hours later and can't get back to sleep are faulty blood sugar levels. And so, again, eating sugar uh, throughout the day has an impact on your sleep quality. And uh, if our blood sugar levels are going up and down, up and down during the, the day, they're going to go up and down, up and down during the night. And uh, anytime there's a quick drop in blood sugar, the body responds by secreting cortisol and adrenaline. Those wake you up and make it difficult to go back to sleep. So again, elimination of sugar is really uh, important. And that's uh, all are, day. That's not just right before bedtime. Exactly. It's 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 all day, and uh, you, we we have such a problem with. Uh, proper blood sugar control in, in America. It, it's really what is fueling the epidemic of obesity and, and type 2 diabetes. And I, I think it is also uh, a big factor in why so many people uh, uh, have a hard time staying asleep. Most people, they're, they're able to get to sleep okay, but they, they wake up during the middle of the night and faulty blood sugar levels are a big reason for that. All right, and how about, so is there anything in particular that will help them fall asleep or stay asleep? Like, um, I think we always talk about turkey, or which has tryptophan in it, or? Uh, yeah, a glass, a glass of, uh, of warm milk uh, is uh, another, another favorite. Yeah, uh, you know, high, high tryptophan containing foods like turkey uh, may, may help, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, for, for insomnia, uh, especially in, in adults, I, I really like uh, I, I really like uh, melatonin. Uh, I think melatonin uh, can be used uh, effectively and safely. But that's and not a food. Certain, that's a that's that, a hormone. Yeah, that's a supplement that we that we that we take. As far as as far as uh, any, you know, there are some naturally. Uh, 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 there's some foods that have naturally occurring. Uh, uh, melatonin in them like like tart uh, cherry but really the the biggest thing that we want to uh, uh, avoid uh, in, in improving sleep is the sugar and I, I don't know if any if there are any really specific foods that uh, that that promote um, uh, good sleep quality but there are many herbal teas uh, and so we could uh, look to things like the mints, uh, uh, peppermint, spearmint, wintergreen. Uh, we can look at uh, valerian's not a very good tasting tea. Chamomile is great. Uh, passion flower tea is is great. Hops, uh, not beer, but uh, you know hops tea would, would be would be good. Uh, Skullcap. Uh, I, I would look at having a nice uh, cup of tea before, uh, well, maybe uh, an hour or so after dinner. Let it uh, let it do its magic. I, I don't like recommending a lot of beverages for people that don't sleep well. 
before they go to bed because we don't want them ha waking up in the middle of the night to, to go to the bathroom. But yes. a, 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 a nice uh, cup of tea is a good a good thing to to ingest uh, in the evening, better than a than a coffee, which we want to avoid as well. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much, Dr. Michael Mary, the author of Bottom Lines Encyclopedia of Healing Foods. It is about food, our depression, anxiety, sleep issues. It starts with getting the right nutrition in and keeping that sugar out. Thanks so much, Michael. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.